as I grew older and became more entrenched in this deep conditioning of the society, uh, I became more attached to the wrong model of masculinity. And I, I, I noticed myself becoming more and more, uh, I wouldn't say depressed, but just a lot, just a lot of like this connection between who I show up in in the real life versus who I really am uh, in my heart. Welcome to the Girls Get Real Show with your hosts, Robin Lim and Rosalind Tang. In this podcast, we get real with you on personal growth, wellness, and dating, all while we navigate life through the unique lens of women in Asia. Tune in for unfiltered thoughts, honest opinions, and loads of real talk. Hey Tribe, welcome to episode 11 of the Girls Get Real show. We finally crossed that 10 episode mark and are super happy with all of your support and feedback and patience with us as we sort through this new journey of podcasting. Yes, honestly, it has been such a steep learning curve, you know, dealing with all our technical issues, testing out all these different like recording platforms and equipment, you know, um... Honestly, it has been such an encouraging journey as well. You know, we put out the therapy episode last week and, you know, we have been getting so many words of encouragement from our community and we have been getting so many friends and strangers, you know, coming up to us and talking about how they have also really appreciated us, you know, sharing our journey with them. And so we feel so much love and support right now. And I think something that really stood out for us as well is that while our podcast is titled Girls Get Real Show and we do uh, target a women audience just because I think it is quite important to create that like psychological safety right Uh, you know around the content and around the community that we're creating but at the same time we have quite a few male listeners and we have been getting quite a few of our male friends coming up to us and talking about how they really appreciate the podcast as well. So it is super timely that we have one of our dear friends uh, who has done a lot of reflection, gone through his own personal journey with toxic masculinity and finally opened that can of worms and talk about that today. Yeah, so Edric, Ross and I, the three of us really go way, way back. I had met Edric in SMU. We had both been studying at Singapore Management University and we met at a startup event there. We were both part of the startup incubator program. I feel like that was like such a, you know, that was like another life, you know, that was like a past life now that I think about it. That was like season one of Rob and Ross Adventures. (laughs) (laughs) This is season two, yes. (laughs) And it has been such an honor being able to, to watch him grow and, you know, be on this journey with him as he has grown. And the three of us really have a very special friendship. So honestly, it is really like such an honor to have him um, as our first male guest on our Girls Get Real podcast today. You may be asking why toxic masculinity? Why is it something so close to our hearts? I think... 
for me, it's something that I grappled with a lot、uh, in my personal life ever since I started dating men. I found that I accepted a lot of behaviors, a lot of words, a lot of actions that actually came from societal and cultural conditioning, where men are told that it's okay to be emotionally unavailable, it's okay to、uh, not confront your emotions, it's okay to treat women in certain ways that really should not be acceptable. Yeah, Roz. You know, I think you're completely right, and that opening conversation here and having these conversations here is really the first step in healing. Not you know, perhaps not only just for yourself, but for people in our community and for everyone around us. I think for me, as I started to embark on this journey of personal growth and self discovery and emotional awareness, and as we were starting this podcast, you know, we were having more of these conversations with our friends around empathy, vulnerability, shame, toxic behaviors—not just in men but also in women. And what I noticed was that while it is super important and very important, you know, to create this community and platform for women. Who are you know very similar to me, experiencing you know going through these experiences in life. I noticed that it was even more important to create that community and hold this space for the men in my life, just because I think that men don't open up as easily, and perhaps you know they don't have as many platforms and outlets and channels to not only open up about their vulnerability and their emotions and to access this emotional support. You know, I also realized that they also don't really know where to get started. So this was also kind of my little experiment to see how we can then potentially try to accommodate some of our male members of our community as well as our male listeners. So I will let Edric talk about this a little bit more and spread his message. We're super excited to have him here with us today, and let's get right into it. Hi, Edric. We're so excited to have you here today. How are you doing in Bali? Hi, I'm so excited to be your first male guest on your podcast.、Uh, life in Bali has been magical. There's never a dull day here, and been exploring a lot of really、uh, cool activities, meeting a lot of new people, and actually just came out of a retreat、uh, for a course called The Art of Loving Women, which I think is very relevant to the topic that we're going to talk about today. So happy to share more about、uh, what I learned in this、uh, episode. Yeah. So, Edric and、uh, Roz and I, you know, the three of us have been really good friends for a very, very long time. You know, so he's definitely someone that's very special, you know, to us in our hearts, and has a means a lot to us that he is our first male guest on our Girls Get Real show. So perhaps before we dive right into our topic today, why don't you talk about a little bit about how we know each other and、uh, what you're up to lately? And why you're so passionate about this topic? Yeah, happy to share more. And and like you said, I think you both are very dear and close friends to me, and we've known each other for I don't know seventy eight years. Robin, you and I connected more as we got incubated in SMU for both of our startups, and then we're the only. Two cool people in the incubator who、yeah. who, <laughs> who like to party and have fun while everyone was way too serious in working on their business. And then I think along the way,、uh, we just kept we always kept in touch and always had each other. And then with Ross, like we we always 
we always in each other's lives and like in a lot of parties. And now I think we became, became even tighter than before. We are part of the same tribe and circle now, uh, developed such a deeper connection. I think last year was uh, really huge for our friendship uh, because we learned to be there for each other and, and learn how special the connection that we have uh, in each other's life. Yeah, and I think over the seven years, seven, eight years, you know, that we have known each other, I think the growth that we have witnessed in you has been absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. You know, honestly, like just thinking back like seven years ago, like it really feels as if we were kids, right? We were literally university kids. And, yeah. you know, just seeing the man that you've become today, you know, makes me feel super duper proud. And, you know, I'm always telling like everyone mm-hmm. that I meet about this, right? That like this Edric is like the guy, you know, the <laughs> model guy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so it's very fitting you. that we have you as the first guest for the show. Tell us a little bit more about yourself, your background. Background is in tech, started a few startups. And I think more importantly, why I'm so passionate about this topic was I think for a very long time, I was very driven to to become successful in a very materialistic way. And I think just similar to a lot of my brothers and men out there, it, it was the uh, the outcome of the societal conditioning of uh, what a man should become as they grow up, you know, like all the models that I had in my life, in the media was all this uh, corporates with suit and ties with all the hot babes around them uh, and being this really charismatic, uh, cold dude who is really... I don't know, cold towards a lot of women. And and by doing so, they got a lot of women chasing after them and they got all the status. So that was like my uh, impression of what what a a role model of a a cool dude uh, in my life was. And I think, uh, but deep down, I realized that that wasn't really me. And I always felt really conflicted because uh, I had always been a very cheerful person uh, who who was very touch with my emotion and uh, always very close and be able to relate to a lot of my female friends. And this way, I think Rob, we had a really close uh, connection and relationship. Uh, but as I grew older and became more entrenched in this deep conditioning of the society, uh, I became more attached to the wrong model of masculinity. And I, I, I noticed myself becoming more and more, uh, I wouldn't say depressed, but just a lot, just a lot of like disconnection between who I, uh, the, the person that I show up in, in the real life versus who I really am uh, in my heart. Um, and I think a few years ago, after going through a few development programs and doing a lot of inner work, you know, uh, I went to a Tony Robbins event, really understanding what my core values are really deep underneath all the layers of conditioning and going to Burning Man and being exposed to the very beautiful uh, connection I had with my guy friends and seeing what was possible and really embracing my authentic selves. I, I, my eyes were really wide open on like what is really possible out there in terms of the type of man I can be and the type of man I want to show up as in the real world. And since then, I've become uh, really passionate in advocating for this issue and cause to help my fellow brothers and men to wake up and to realize that they don't have to be trapped into this uh, box and a uh, very toxic model that society has made us believe uh, that we need to become. And they can become uh, a, a manly guy who also embraces their feminine, their emotion, their feelings, and be kind and compassionate and be successful at the same time. 
Uh, and that's that's why I'm I'm, I'm really passionate about helping others uh, realizing the same insights and epiphany that I had to to live a more meaningful and purpose, purposeful and more harmonious life. As you're talking, you know, I literally cannot stop smiling. I mean, it makes me so <laughs> happy to witness all of this, right? Like witness your growth, your like all this emotional awareness and sensitivity, and makes I think it's it really is like a shining light um, in this kind of like community that we live in. Yeah. yeah, it's such a beautiful story and something that is so relevant for our interactions with men as well. I think we're frequently frustrated when men don't embrace their feminine side, they don't embrace emotions as much and uh, disdain that even. So maybe you can help us by defining toxic versus healthy masculinity and mm. uh, what are um, why it's so important to distinguish between the two. Yeah, uh, for me, masculinity is just like a idea of how a man should uh, show up, behave and act uh, in a general uh, in in our lives, uh, and toxic means that you're you're acting in a way that is causing harm either to yourselves or to the uh, to to others, women, and to society. And in general, uh, toxic masculinity is uh, represented by a lot of uh, dominance, aggressions, and any acts that perpetuate these behaviors. Uh, the idea that men needs to be tough, that men uh, should not show their emotion because uh, they should be able to solve their problems and because there's this like tough archetype of human who, uh, unlike uh, our counterpart women who are very in touch with their emotion, uh, we deny and reject them because we're just so tough. And uh, part of it was also homophobia uh, and, and anti-femininity. Uh, men who are, who who feel disgusted by the idea of being very intimate with uh, fellow men and anything that they consider very feminine. So they reject and disdain uh, a lot of uh, this feminine elements. While healthy masculinity, I think, is the, the opposite of uh, toxic masculinity, um, the idea that men can still embrace their masculine elements where they're, they're strong, they can solve problems, rational, logical, but at the same time, still be very in touch with their emotional body, in touch with their feelings and not afraid to express this to uh, others and be vulnerable and really sharing what's in their, in their mind, what's in their heart uh, and develop a healthier and more beautiful connection with fellow men so that they don't only talk about sports or gambling or alcohol or how, how, how they are abusing women and, and feeling proud of that and instead talk about really uh, real connection, you know, like how we all, despite of our gender, we still have the similar struggle and we experience all these emotions that need to be processed and we need to have this container and a healthy friendship relationship to release these uh, emotions that are for so many men are very bottled up, which could manifest into a lot of aggression and violence. Mm, this is... This is super interesting that you know you're saying all all you're 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 so honest and you're so open about all of this. You know, I think very frankly that a lot of people around us, a lot of men or women around us, actually are still in a sense quite ignorant to a lot of these um, factors. You know that 
have resulted in how we act or, you know, the values that we have today. And so I was quite curious as to how you first, you mentioned a little bit about, you know, Burning Man and going through all these experiences that kind of opened your eyes, but then kind of like, what was that first trigger to spark that curiosity? Mm, Yeah, Uh, I would say it's my friendship with uh, a few guys that I met at Burning Man. Um, (laughs) Because part Prior to yeah, prior to that, I never really had a really close uh, friendship with fellow guys. It's always stayed in a pretty superficial level uh, because I was very conditioned to again like homophobia was part of uh, toxic masculinity. Where and it when we came too close or too intimate with fellow guys, we uh, subconsciously experienced this like disgust or like. Uh, fear in our body uh, but at Burning Man uh, these two guys that I met uh, showed me a different side of the type of friendship that we could uh, experience with fellow men like they were physically very intimate with me uh, and and it's purely platonic they're both straight uh, and it was just really beautiful to be able to be vulnerable and we talk about our lives in a very uh, authentic ways and you know they will come and kiss me on my cheek and like really hug me and uh, while watching the sunset we will uh, uh, sit on each other's lap or light our heads on each other's shoulders and really have this really human and beautiful connection and I was so inspired by the the warmth and the type of um, the depth of our connection that we experience and I'm and from that moment, I felt, wow, this is the type of connection that I want to make more with my fellow uh, guy friends in, in Singapore. Uh, so carrying that feelings and and my insights and epiphany, I, I went back to Singapore and uh, organized my first circle, which I didn't know what circle was back then. But essentially, I just gathered a bunch of co- male colleagues uh, from my office and then hosted dinner. Uh, for them at my place and then uh, using some conversation cards and games start to facilitate this deep meaningful conversation um, and to and and the feedback was really good like they've said they've never really had this type of connection with fellow guys before talking about something like this in subject such depth talking about relationship and struggle connection with death uh, and I think I organized this another time and then this caught the attention of my my friend who was actually uh, organizing was thinking to organize uh, a proper men's circle and this was when I really understood and studied the concept of a circle and then I got pulled into this community of fellow conscious men who understood the similar ideas and how we need to unlearn toxic masculinity and become better men and that's when I was properly integrated into this whole world of uh, healthy masculinity. Tell us a little bit more about the men's circle and, uh, you know, how it's given you a sense of community here. It was definitely the one of the biggest highlights for me from 2020 because we started the circle in uh, February 2020 and we continued all the way till the end of the year. Uh, and it's been such a constant in the very turbulent time for many of us and having the support and this resonance and connection with fellow conscious guys who who are not afraid to embrace their feminine and always showed up and support one another to be our fullest authentic selves. Um, and so for the listeners who are not aware of the term uh, circle, um, essentially it's a time where uh, a bunch of guys showed up in someone's place and then we become really, we, we, we drop into this place of full authenticity and vulnerability where 
we we don't drink alcohol and we really just dive into what's real that often for many men are neglected uh the feelings that we've been struggling with what have gone uh, what have uh, the things that have we've gone through in our lives and the struggle the problems that we all have and uh so really just a container uh for men to really express uh, whatever that's going on in their mind and their heart and have that uh safe space to know that it's okay to do so uh and how it was very healing for me was just like i mentioned growing up I never really had uh, a strong role model of a man who have a good balance of masculine and and feminine and over here like you know with 13 15 other people of men who who are so committed to to really connect with their heart um it was just so healing for me to know that oh my gosh this is uh normal that uh men also go through all these problems i'm not the only one who experienced all this and it's just we've all been bottling this emotion in our in our own body and and finally there's a place where we can all really uh let it all out and have this level of support that doesn't reject you for uh being vulnerable or for uh, showing your emotion but actually support celebrate and really embrace you and hold you so that was a really uh, healing and transformative uh, journey for me uh that helps me to really integrate myself with uh my true self and 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 informs that I'm on the right path because now I have all these brothers who are who have become my new role models and really close friends in my life. So and I beautiful. Rem- it is so beautiful. And I remember the first time you told me about the men's circle, I was joking and I asked like, what is the women's circle? And we were just talking about how it's essentially a dinner party. Yeah. <laughs> that, you know, women, women are able to, you know, kind of like get together and connect and show this like emotional vulnerability and form these types of like emotional connection much easier, I would say. You know, we Roz and I yeah. were doing these like girls like dinners like once a week and every single week we would, you know, be having such like these really good, really deep um conversations with our fellow women Mm. and to some extent you know we had a hard time understanding like why you needed to arrange a (laughs) 7am gathering every week you know just to open up (laughs) yeah it's nice very different in a man's world i mean there's the saying that men and women do activities or do socializing differently so men center it around activities and women can just like hang out to talk Mm. for non-stop right so we can just arrange to meet and end up talking for hours without an activity but for guys it's somewhat awkward i've asked my guy friends this a number of times and it seems to be pretty consistent anecdotally um yeah yeah so and, and, yeah and i think yeah. one thing i've noticed though Herb, especially since like you you know started being more open and public you know with your own journey to unlearn you know toxic masculinity a few more of our friends have actually you know embarked on this journey as well you know a few of them Mm. have you know come up i'm not i'm sure they've come up to you as well but even for us you know through the podcast have come up to us to kind of like talk about the podcast and talk about some of the topics that we were covering um so i think it's definitely been a very Mm. encouraging site i would say yeah (laughs) definitely sending ripples through society making a huge impact one man at a time I think I think more men need to join like men's circles. 
<laughs> so another, yes. another thing I wanted to discuss was, you know, actually one of our really good friends, you know, whom you also know, you recently came up to me to talk about like the podcast and talk about like the men's circle and talk about like his new um, discovery or his own like, you know, discovery around like his vulnerability and his emotions. And, you know, the first thing he said to me, he was just like, oh, you know, like, I don't want to sound like a pussy. I don't want to sound like weak, basically. And I was so fascinated mm. by it. I was, I was like appalled, honestly. Yes. I was like, how does it, do you think that this makes you sound weak? Like, if anything, you know, like, this is the greatest strength, right? So, like, why is it that, that, that people still feel mm. this way? I can definitely relate to his fear or hesitation to, uh, to, to really experience what the other side is like and really open his heart. Because for the longest time, I, I had the same apprehension as him, like, I, I relay uh, opening up and letting others see the part of me that shows that I'm not strong enough is something that a man shouldn't be doing because we shouldn't come across weak. We always want to come across as strong and powerful and, and able to deal with our own problems and issues. So I think it's a very uh, deeply ingrained a uh, toxic belief uh, that's really difficult to unlearn just overnight. Um, it's just it's just been something that is deeply conditioned in us since a very young age, either uh, through our dad, who you know it's not their fault that they they're not uh, cultivating this feminism inside of us, because especially in Asia. Uh, men were not taught to be expressive to talk about feelings because of uh you know the history of how uh, they need to fight oppression and be strong and like protect their family so it wasn't their fault but i think it's because of the way we were brought up uh and and the type of media that was por- portrayed uh about how masculinity should be like um so it's it, this all these little messages that we observe and we're exposed to us, we're just ingrained in our subconscious. And it's something that we have to slowly and progressively unlearn step by step uh, through, I think, uh, connecting with fellow guys and uh, really connecting with themselves. Because doing this, um, they're not just harming uh women or, or the society, but it, it, it's inflicting a lot of pain in ourselves, you know, for me, I felt uh, a lot of disconnection with uh, what I truly felt before I could fully express and be vulnerable. And I'm sure a lot of guys actually felt the same way uh, because I don't believe uh, men are uh, you know, less emotional or less connected to themselves. I think it's just yeah. whether or not they're expressing it. Uh, despite of your gender, uh, everyone uh, experiences uh, loneliness and depression and mental health issues. It's just um uh, whether or not you're talking about it and i think men for the longest time have been hiding in the dark and that's why if you look at the statistics i think two-thirds of the suicides uh, globally were committed by men because they don't have uh the girls dinner party <laughs> like you guys have to talk about what they're going through and <laughs> for and the, what they can do is just holding on to it and, and suppressing all this really negative and toxic emotions and that uh ended up into something uh you know when they can't suppress it anymore uh it ended up becoming something that is really um 
dangerous and, and, and toxic to themselves yeah. and to others. So creating a safe space for talking about it seems so important. But then also it seems like there's this larger societal thing where it's society doesn't encourage men to be self-aware. And a subset of that self-awareness mm. is emotional awareness, right? Because every time, um, you know, a child, a boy falls down, that that would go, okay, you know, like, don't cry. Be a big be mad boy. About it. Stand be a up. Boy. That's the sort of rhetoric we hear around mm. men confronting their feelings and being honest with their feelings. And I think that kind of shuts down men and boys from a very young age to confront their feelings, to talk about it. To even admit it to themselves, mm. which is so painful for me because mm. you're denying yourself the full range of human emotions, which I'm sure isn't mm. gendered. Yeah. So, I mean, we talked yeah. quite a bit about, you know, from the male perspective around the male community. I think some a, a tone or rather a perspective that you've shared, which is quite fascinating, is that it's not so much that it's gendered and it's very much, um, you know, human connections, right? But I'm also quite curious, like, how your attitudes towards like women have changed you know maybe perhaps through this journey of discovery it allows me to understand women more and be able to connect with them in a more authentic level um so for example if i had issues in the past i don't think you remember this much rob but i don't think i shared much about my problems or issues in the past with you because i wasn't comfortable in doing that you know i because i I I, uh, I thought that wasn't the image I needed to portray to the women in my life. And of course, that creates a lot of blockages uh, inside of me and in our relationship. I think we became so much closer in the last few months or few years because I started to open up more and allow you to see a part of me that wasn't always so pretty, uh, which actually uh, breeds the deep connection that we have today because uh, vulnerable, vulnerability breeds empathy and love and deep connection. Um, so this is a lot of the things that men want in their friendship, in their relationship. But sadly, on the contrary, also is the thing that they fear the most uh, in doing to be vulnerable because, again, societal conditioning and all that. Um, so, so definitely in terms of how I connect with women, um, I became more comfortable in just really expressing and sharing my emotion and the problems I'm going through. So, uh, so it, it just allows, not just with women, but also with men, it just allows for a lot more deeper and more authentic connection to just really to allow them to see me as, uh, as who I truly am inside, not just uh, this person who doesn't have problems and always able to like cope his, with his issues, but human <laughs> who goes through all different range of problems struggle and emotions it sounds like such a big part in your journey towards a more authentic self and i guess my question for our listeners as well is if you were to give advice to someone who's just beginning on that journey and just starting to realize some of the toxic masculinity that they've been socially conditioned to think is normal how would you advise this person to start i would say um Take the time to process the feelings. I think a lot of the aggression, violence, and unwanted behavior you see from men these days come from uh, the inability to just pause. And because I think a lot of the actions that you see from men came from uh, unprocessed uh, emotion or uh, emotional needs that were unmet and the way they 
they try to fulfill this need uh, instinctively because of the conditioning was just reacting in the way that they knew uh, that was safe and comfortable for them, which typically looks like the way they overdrink and the way they they threw all this like uh, condescending words uh, to women, uh, the way they act uh, really aggressively toward fellow men. And I think if we can all just pause and allow, instead of releasing these feelings immediately, just taking the time to feel it, uh, allow, allow, allow yourself to see how it feels throughout your, across throughout your body, and 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 allow that emotion and whatever feelings that you're experiencing to to take its place. And I think uh, that will help to develop emotional awareness and creates that intentionality and mindfulness for you to then choose and be on the driver's seat to know what's the healthier way to release and process this emotion. Uh, so that's a, a more philosophical, spiritual way of uh, getting started, uh, which I think is, is quite simple to get uh, to, to do, but it takes a, a discipline and a lot of awareness. Uh, and I think secondly will be to find like-minded men and and just expose yourself to a lot of the resources that encourage and support you to be uh, the modern, uh, healthy, mas- masculine man that you want to become. Listening to your podcast, for example, or finding uh, groups of conscious men and and be really disciplined in uh, managing your friendship. So if you know that your a lot of your friends are not encouraging the right behaviors whereas if they keep forcing you to to constantly drink and get drunk and constantly uh go hunt for women and uh so sometimes you just have to cut that uh those friends loose and really be intentional with the type of men that you want to have in your life that could support this healthy and uh, conscious behaviors so a book that i read recently was daring greatly by Brene brown you know i think that is also a must read for every human being you know whether or not you're a man or a woman or you're a parent Mm -hmm. or whatnot you know i think it has such great messages like in that book um you know she does highlight um how a lot of these like toxic masculinity traits or characteristics you know is a result of shame and is a shame response you know in a sense people are too Mm -hmm feel too much shame to open up and you know like you mentioned around like suppressing those emotions you know because they feel that shame and therefore they kind of like act out or rather like act in more like in a brash and more aggressive way um and i'm just kind of like wondering like how how do you then learn to overcome this shame you know because i think if that is the main inhibitor to vulnerable you know it's it's mm. it's one thing to say you know be vulnerable and open up but like you mentioned you know to in order to do that you need to first recognize you know your negative emotions your shame and you know like how do you kind of like recognize and sit with that mm. yeah really good question um uh no i definitely agree uh, that that shame is the the biggest uh blocker and obstacle toward uh embracing vulnerability um, and for me, I think what worked was finding this little evidence that uh, being vulnerable is actually something that gives me more connection, uh, that allows me to experience this deeper connection with people and what actually people appreciate and celebrate. Because um, I think it's pretty universal when you start opening up to someone, uh, most people with uh, 
uh, a kind and, and common with common sense will also uh, embrace and accept you accept this emotion that you're sharing is in fact it's it's a, a, an honor to be able to receive uh, this type of information and feeling and sharing yeah. that takes so much courage to share and we're giving that person a favor. Um, unfortunately, uh, we feel we feel the opposite that it felt it felt like an attack to our you know uh, immune system because if I don't know I think again it's this conditioning. Uh, but I, for me, I remember the first time I became really vulnerable or my first moment of vulner- vulnerability was uh, when I shared about my startup failure. Uh, I, I wrote a post uh, and then I shared it on on Facebook and well I, I did not expect. Uh, the level of uh, empathy, the level of uh, connection and the type of uh, heartwarming words that people share. Um, so that that was like a evidence or validation um, to my to my belief system that that was the right path moving forward that uh, speaking in a more technical term, uh, I received that feedback loop, you know that this action is actually rewarding. Uh, the other time when I was sharing, I think it was yes. at your uh, event actually, Rob. At, so um, I organized. I used to work for Slash uh, what was Singapore. It we were organizing, you know, lots of startup events and talks and keynotes and networking sessions. You know, and of course, you know, I invited Edric to come down to give to share, you know, a little bit about the you know, more vulnerable and emotional side or like, you know, the, the side of startups that people don't often see, right? People always talk about like the success and the technology and funding yeah. and all that. But then there is a very, very human experience to it as well, which is you know, what it's like to really be an entrepreneur and fail as an entrepreneur. And how do you incorporate these lessons to move forward, right? And I think like Edric was was the person that embodied like that upward like growth cycle so well in terms of being able to like learn all these lessons and keep going. And now he's working on a super duper cool startup. So we'll definitely get him to sh- get you to share yeah. a little bit about it later. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I think... <laughs> You shared the portion about you taking that leap of faith and coming to terms with your failure and sharing that publicly. It's almost as if there are so few people being real that when you decide to be real, like society celebrates that. Everyone loves it because you're starting a conversation that no one else wants to. No one wants to be the first to like dip their toes in the potentially <laughs> cold waters of vulnerability. And then the injury is just like rip his toes off and dive right in. <laughs> exactly. And that was the first time I, I was really so vulnerable yeah. in a public setting. Like typically I've given a, a few talks before then and it was always about oh how I managed to grow my startups to like this level and immediately I could see the difference in the response from the audience I never received such a passionate uh and and you know heartfelt kind of feedback from the audience people came to me and really asked oh how do you feel after you fail like how do you manage to navigate the situation um so yeah like you said I think um it's so rare to hear us something that's really raw and authentic these days that when people like have a taste a bit of what's really real is so just refreshing is a fresh breath of air and people really want and really crave for that and actually speaking on this uh, it's really like a big puzzle and mystery for me like why have we been conditioned uh the other way around to always feel that we only need to show the part of us that is uh cool or or good or, or pretty well Actually, what brings connection and and warmth and, and love in our life is when we expose the part of ourselves that are 
ugly or uh, uh, not honest. too polished. And, and when that's the part that really unifies. Yeah, the honesty. That, that's the thing that unifies all of us because despite where you come from, your background, uh, we all have gone through problems and struggles in our lives and that's what connects all of us. So yeah, I don't know how we got to this very complex uh, uh, situation here that that uh, encourages us and incentivizes us to act the other way to experience deep connection. That is such a good point, actually. I never really thought about it that way. I mean, of course, you know, I've always just accepted that, yes, you know, this is what society has conditioned us to, you know, to think and feel and be. But I never really wondered, like, from, perhaps from an evolutionary like standpoint, why is it that we have developed in such a counterintuitive way? Yeah, yeah. So... I don't have the answer, <laughs> but it's something that is worth definitely exploring. Yeah. And, I, <laughs> and I think to answer your previous question, uh, what helps me to overcome the shame was uh, one, uh, collecting all the little evidence, uh, being in a safe space where you could allow yourself to be vulnerable, uh, probably not in a public setting right away. It could be quite nerve wracking, but perhaps, you know, with your close friends and just try to open up a little bit. And I think slowly, uh, your, your subconscious uh, belief and system will start collecting this evidence to feel to to allow you to feel that oh it's actually safe and uh, it's okay to be more vulnerable next time and I think slowly you progressively you become more comfortable in yeah. being more uh, vulnerable and again definitely being in a supportive uh, uh, environment uh, being connected to friends who truly embrace and celebrate your authenticity and vulnerability. Uh, encourages you and empowers you to yeah. to be more real. So definitely be be a little bit more selective when you decided to share something that is more personal and deep. Because not everyone, unfortunately, has that depth and uh, capacity to handle that yet, and it could sometimes create an opposite effect. It could discourage you from opening up because that makes you feel like you don't want to trust people anymore with something that is so personal uh, yeah. about you. So be more selective and definitely make sure you share with someone that you trust first. Have you ever received like a negative reaction to your vulnerability? Mm, fortunately, not really. At least not that I can remember. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, so far, everyone that I've uh, been vulnerable with has been very supportive and positive and, and embracing and receiving what I share. Uh, so yeah not not yet so far yeah so you mentioned a few times you know being able to have high bar for friends or people that you vent to or share with so as women how can we be allies how can we help out the men who are just embarking on this journey what can we do to hold space for them i think what women can do is to to not perpetuate the model of masculinity that has been so uh, deeply conditioned in men's belief system that's actually wrong and toxic because uh, I think women sometimes consciously also expect men to be strong and like such a gentleman and never have problems and be there to solve their problems. Um, so I think if uh, women could participate in holding space for men to uh, to slowly encourage them to open up and to let them know that it's okay that you guys are here for them that uh, it's okay for, for for men to cry in front of them, to talk about problems. And I think just showing and letting us know that these actions and behaviors are encouraged and actually celebrated by, the, by women, uh, that would be a huge uh, support and a sigh of relief that, hey, actually for the people that have been trying so hard to impress, 
that this type of actions is what actually allows us to be closer to them instead of uh, what repels them from us. Because uh, I think a lot of this toxic behaviors have a lot to do with the way we, w- we want to uh, evolutionarily, how we want to win women <laughs> to show that we're strong and powerful, you know? So I think if women could uh, help uh, tell the other narrative to show that this is the type of men that we want who are conscious, are in touch with their feelings and emotion, uh, I think that could play a huge role in helping us to unlearn this uh, toxic masculinity. Yeah, what could be more validation than a podcast titled "Girls Get Real" talking about toxic masculinity? <laughs> Absolutely, yes. This this episode could be the game changer. Yes, you know, this is like girls. If you're just starting to see a guy, or you're dating someone, or you know, with a long term partner, whatever it is, you know, and you you want to get him started on this journey of opening up and recognizing his vulnerability uh-huh. and emotions, just send yeah. him this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think another thing that I thought of that women can do is just to also do a lot of inner work and be develop their emotional awareness because I think a lot of time women subconsciously attract the wrong men in their lives because uh, you know uh, the because of their childhood trauma of like abandonment issues and they they ended up attracting men who are emotionally unavailable who will tend to abandon them or like abuse them emotionally so I think if women could uh, be really mindful of uh, all these toxic uh, attributes that they've been subconsciously attracting and consciously and mindfully say no and say stop to attracting this mentor left. And then this will create like a jolt and a shock to men. Like, oh shit, like I can't act the way I do anymore today because it's not attracting this women. So I think it's if all the women show up and and start saying no because they become so emotionally aware of these things that they don't want to attract in their lives, this will create that ripple effect to allow men to also wake up as well to to start developing a healthier part of them that will now attract the the right that women will now appreciate. Yeah, yeah. In the past, you know, when there were any signs or symptoms of toxic masculinity, I would just ignore it. But now I call it out. You know, and when there's casual mm. going around, I'm like, I cannot tolerate that shit. I'm so it's 2021. I'm so sick of men not being held to high standards. And, you know, treating mm. women in a certain way because social society has conditioned them to do so and think that is all right. Yes. Preferable to, um, you know, having good, open, honest, authentic relationships with women. So, yeah, very excited yes. to put this episode out there. Yeah. Hopefully have more <laughs> men listen to this. But I think you're entirely right that it is very much like a spiral, whether is it a spiral downwards or a spiral upwards, you know, it, especially in the interactions between human beings, nothing really exists in a vacuum. Like when women are more in touch with their emotions, then they can also be a little bit more empathetic towards men who are also struggling with these like conditioning, mm. right? I don't think we can just like point fingers and say like, you guys are bad, you know, there's no such thing as that. It's yeah. like more of... Um, having the empathy and then being able to hold the space for these, you know, men in their lives to to grow. And on speaking about this, right? And you were just right before we started recording this episode, you know, we were just talking a little bit about this men's retreat that you went on. You know, I'm so curious to hear a little bit more about that. Yeah, well, let me share more. It's called the Art of Loving Women. 
<laughs> which sounds super corny. It's a continuation from uh, the art of loving men. Uh, so they've done this with women, and now they're doing this with men. And I think it's just a a, a part of how men and women, which often uh, projected as like the polar opposite, Mars and Venus, with each other, like have a lot of similarities. Like we, despite your gender, we all have our feminine and masculine side, and we need this polarity. And but how do we balance? Uh, this different side of us to be able to create a more harmonious relationship with uh, with men, between men and women. Uh, so yeah, we learn a lot about how to be more comfortable in embracing our feminine. Uh, we learn to develop better connection and relationship with fellow men. So we had to, and it's a very embodied uh, experience. So it's very little uh, theory. So you get to practice right away, like what you learn. So we had to, I remember we had to really drop into our inner feminine and really move and dance. just like we're a woman and then like pretend that, uh, and then, and then we had to switch role. We get into a pair and then uh, one guy has to be in their, their masculine and one, another guy has to be in their feminine and just really uh, allowing ourselves uh, to receive and 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 know what it feels like to drop into the softness. And for me, that was very healing because for us men, we are conditioned to always want to have to be the protector, to be the tough guy and never allow ourselves to to be held by women. So I think getting in touch with that side of us that, that is actually uh, softer and a lot, that as, as a receiver, uh, that, that was uh, very healing. And then uh, so this is one thing, and then we learn uh, about communication, uh, how we need to make requests. Again, this is related to how men always try to bottle up their feelings and not communicate, and this leads to you know aggression. So how can we be more assertive in making requests? Uh, and how you know sometimes men uh, not are are not always uh, women are not always the victim men are sometimes also a victim of like emotional abuse from women so how can we like <laughs> create boundaries and and say no to putting up with with those situations anymore yeah. uh, and uh, uh yeah so being just i think my key takeaway is just being really in tune with our emotion and feelings which are more feminine and being okay with that and just really allowing the space for this emotion to develop and then having a healthy communication tool uh, and framework to be able to address this with women because what they said was what we suppress is what the women will express you know all this complaint that you get from women of not being present enough of not communicating enough is because these things that we have uh, suppressed deep down inside of us and then uh, at the end of uh, the retreat, like 50 women came into the room uh, uh, for, uh, for the men to worship. And for a lot of the women, it was a very, I could see in their eyes and their reaction, it was a very deeply healing experience because they're in the hands of this man who have gone through like two days, a lot of you know transformational learning of how to relate better with women and creating that feeling of safety and allowing that the women to to rebuild this trust uh, around men, which I'm sure for a lot of those women, they have uh, carried a lot of trauma uh, around their relationship with men. And a lot of women cry, you know, uh, wow. we what we did was uh, we, a, a bunch of different activities, but uh, such as, you know, just staring to their eyes and, or holding them and creating this uh, 
assuring them that they're safe in our hands and men can also still be in touch with our emotion and relate to you and hold you and allow you to feel safe and celebrate you. That was huge for a lot of the women over there. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was a really uh, incredible weekend that really uh, affirms that I'm on the right path and uh, allows me to connect more with my feminine and allow me to show up as a better man around women and my yeah that sounds amazing so beautiful <laughs> so we talked a lot about the relationship between men and women in like a friendly and romantic you know, context but i'm quite curious as to how your vulnerability or newfound vulnerability has impacted the relationship in, with the women in your family and i'm asking this because i know as a friend you know that your relationship with your family with your mom and your sister you know has really evolved a lot in the last years and I think that I honestly am so proud of you you know to have been able to achieve all of that you know I think um, you have like opened a lot of conversations and you know held a lot of space for them that is not very traditional I would say especially like in a Asian household right because you know of course you know I sometimes also struggle with my relationship with my family and I'm sure you know it's a very I think we do carry a lot of like that Asian conditioning as well so I'm quite curious as how this new perspective has impacted that yeah, so I think my journey has changed and transformed my relationship with my family in a huge way. Like with my sister, for example, we used to live in the same country in Singapore for years. And uh, I never talked about my life or my big problems because I, I, you know, I embodied this role as a big brother who one has to take care of her sister and the model of a man who never really talked about feelings and have to always act tough. Um and I think after my inner work and realizing realization of being uh, more connected to my emotion and my my feelings, I started to open up more to her, and then and then that completely shift our relationship as from someone that I have to her as seeing her as someone I have to always be responsible for, and not really share much uh, about my life with, to you know my my best friend to my confidant and someone who will always be there for me and left me unconditionally. And, and it all started from uh, me starting to open up more and share more about my life with her. And it's funny because I think she's been the same person uh, that ho- has always like showed up for me. Like, and she, uh, she was always the one initiating all, uh, all the meetups with me and like checking in on me while I'm always like the passive one. So she's always been the same person, but uh, just changing the way I look at her and changing the way I, uh, my relationship with her and the way I open up to her, it completely shifts uh, our connection, our relationship. Uh, and and we, we share an experience so much uh, together ever since then, and, and my life has become so much more enriching and meaningful. And the same I can say with my all my family members, with with my mom and my dad. Uh, like you say, that uh, this type of deep connection and uh, sharing and expression is not really common uh, or uh, uh, or taught uh, to us uh, in a, an Asian context. So. Uh, me just taking the init- the initiative and taking uh, the courage to just uh, recreate the possibility because for the longest time I always thought oh my connection and my relationship with my family has always stayed it's always okay but I thought it will always stay that way for a long time um, and I, I have accepted that possibility but 
you know, and I, and since I have really deepened our connection, uh, I was like, wow, this is what's possible. And, and I have so much more love for them because I felt they now understand a part of my life that for a long time I've like hidden from them, my feelings, what I'm going through and, and the same, I, by me showing up as my true selves and, and, and creating that container for them to also feel safe to, to be authentic and, and be vulnerable with me. Because I think sometimes we forget that parents are humans too, and they change. And I think uh, once we cross a certain age, sometimes they might be the one who learned from us and we can be the catalyst to create this gateway for them to tap on this emotional awareness that for the longest time that they're just not uh, taught or conditioned to uh, know about. And with my dad, for example, um, uh, you know, for a very long time, I used to hate him because he was very absent in my life. Um, but I decided to change the way I play the narrative in my mind as someone who probably just didn't know any better uh, back in his time when he was uh nurturing and caring for me because I think his idea of what care is I later found out was uh, providing to the family uh, which probably uh, not really what the kids need the most because all kids need is you know the emotional connection and love from their parents but he just didn't know any better because that was the way he was raised by my grandfather which is dad uh, which was really tough on him uh, so it was just a generational trauma that was uh, carry uh, uh, across generation. Uh, so it wasn't his fault. So I learned to cultivate compassion and to really see where he was coming from. And instead of just forgiving him, I also uh, apologized to him for uh, for hating him, for assuming and, and, and always taking side because again, m- my mom and other women who always expressed and for him, he didn't have that chance uh, or the, the attitude or the tool to express his side of the story to us and to be close to their kids. So uh, just uh, so I apologize to him and, 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 and that completely changed the way he uh, behaved and expressed himself around the family. I could immediately see it's almost like a, a switch, like the way he now expressed more and talked more about his feelings uh, to me and to the family, adding more emojis to the group chat. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I think a message I wanted to share with everyone is how we we can be uh, the catalyst who stop who stops this general generational trauma that is that we've carried uh, with us from our parents and grandparents, and we can say stop now, and we can change the way we relate and connect with people that have raised us and that we truly love and long for their connection and love from the bottom of our heart that sometimes just, there's just so many blockages that prevent us to do so, but we can make the change if we choose to be brave and to be vulnerable and to take the first step to open up to them. Yeah, I think that's so beautiful. And I think what's really interesting is that it's it's not just for family, right? That in reality, you know, we can be that catalyst for anyone around us in our community, friends, mm. acquaintances, even like business acquaintances, right? Just by changing the way that we react and the way we hold space or the way we communicate with them, you know, could already, could already inspire this change within them. And I think that is super encouraging, mm. right? Because sometimes, you know, um, even us as women, you know, we feel a little bit 
paralyzed or helpless, you know, at the scale of this problem around us. You know, we feel that, oh, you know, what? how can we actually change society or how can we change people around us? Um, but in reality, you know, all we have to do is just be that change within us and then express that outwards. You know, I think it's yes. so cliche, but it's so true. Yeah. <laughs> so true. So true. Thanks so much for joining us today, Edric. I think, um, you know, we talked about a lot of different things. We started off with you introducing yourself and sharing your journey, how catalysts like Burning Man, Tony Robbins, and then embarking on your own circle and community of men created that safe space for you to explore a healthy sense of masculinity. And then we talked a little bit about how others can do so as well, what some good starting points would be. And finally, we also delved into its benefits. So how it helps your relationships with women, how it helps your relationship even with your family and, um, you know, other people that you love, like your friends. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've learned so much yeah. from, you know, just having, I mean, this podcast and this episode, you know, is really just like the tip of the iceberg, right? I feel like we have talked about so much of this, you know, through our own interactions and the way that you've held space for you know, friends within our community. I think I've really seen how that has caused a ripple effect physically right so yeah. yeah thank you honestly like thank you for you know being mm-hmm. the messenger and thank you for spreading this light such heartwarming conversations yes. <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> yeah uh, such a pleasure thanks for having me and allowing me to give me the chance to share my story of course so before you go you know i wanted you to talk a little bit about how you are then you know creating this um holding this space and you know creating opportunities for like people to connect as well beyond just your immediate community because i think it's such a fascinating idea Uh so yeah uh i'm currently working on warm space my new startup it's a social platform that helps people deepen emotional connection with one another uh So the story behind it was I realized that, you know, through my own story and journey, just like I already shared, a lot of of us are trapped in that shallow connection while a lot of us really crave to be seen, to be heard, to be held. But there's very little opportunity uh, for us to connect in such a deeper level. Uh, So the idea is having a safe container for them to connect with a stranger over a video call on our platform and have the conversation facilitated uh, uh, by my voice recording. (laughs) So it's like a a scaled version of me who will be there to (laughs) hold space for you. Uh, We included much of different interactive elements. There's the (laughs) music that helps you soothe into that heart space. Uh, There's the conversation prompts that help you skip the small talk and really dive into what really matters. And then just the guidance and the, the, the feeling that uh, that it, it feels safe to just talk about what's real and know that this other person will be able to, to hold space for you. And then that despite of all the differences that we have, we, you know, all the feedback that we heard was uh, connecting with people from across the globe and realizing that we're all human, that we go through the same problems, that the same struggle, and we're here for one another. Um, so the mission is to spread love and empathy through deep connection uh, with each other and hopefully turning the world into a kinder and more human place. That's amazing. So where can our listeners find you? Where can they check out Warm Space? Can they try it out for themselves? 
So it's already live. Uh, we're on beta, but you can already try it out. Uh, check it out on warmspace.io. So warm, W-A-R-M, space.io. And uh, you could experience it right away. Uh, get connected to a stranger yeah, and experience yeah. deep connection and warmth and heart expansion. We will definitely link all of this on our description so that you can kind of check it out um, for yourself as well. You know, I've tried it. Lots of our friends in our community have tried it. You know, they absolutely love um, the warm space. So, yes, you know, do try it out. Let Edric know what you guys think about it. Where can our listeners find you as well? Yeah. On Instagram. Yeah. If they want to slide into your DMs. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure all our, all our you know, female listeners are going to want to slide into your DMs. Maybe some like, male listeners so, as well. Yeah, exactly. Sure. Where can I find a woke man like that? <laughs> yeah, so find me on Instagram. I'm most active. Uh, it's at Edric Suber. That's my handle. E-D-R-I-C-S-U-B-U-R awesome super sweet and now you're living in bali i mean like that must be such an incredible experience as well i see we see all this you know as we're recording this episode you know we see that he's like kind of sitting in a forest (laughs) it's a huge green space uh, where i'm at right now but that's so beautiful edric thank you so much for coming here today and you know spreading your love your light your peace you know and your words of encouragement for the community and you know putting this out into the universe with us and um we cannot wait to put this out and yeah thank you so much for joining us today thank you edric thank you guys it's been such a pleasure thank you love you bye Bye. take care (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.